0: Thank cool.
1: hey everybody it's your boy leaf I'm <laughs> sorry hey everybody it's your boy leaf <laughs> i'm joined with my my good friend tess and you're listening to st peaks y'all it's a podcast we're two librarian geeks talk about the tv show twin peaks once every couple of weeks um welcome hey hope everyone enjoyed their holidays happy new year um to, uh, stay warm mm. if you're in a winter climate
0: yeah yeah yeah. or if you're in like australia stay uh stay yeah stay cool because it's really warm down there right now yeah yeah um uh i love the tv show (laughs) twin peaks i it's my favorite show I uh, bullied my friend Leaf into watching it with me. He's never seen it. And so every episode of this podcast, we watch an episode of Twin Peaks. And I summarize the episode, and Leaf gives his color commentary. And today we will be discussing part 15 of Twin Peaks the return and i have to say leave i think i watched this episode about three weeks ago because that's when we were I supposed know. we were supposed to record and then it got pushed off a couple times so my notes um i hope that you watched it more recently because <laughs> i watched
1: it two days ago so okay great
0: I was looking through my notes and I was like, I don't even remember what happened. So hopefully through our conversation, I will remember and you can also help me out. And I have my handy-dandy highlighter Excellent. in case you need me to highlight any mysteries. And we did get a correspondence from our friend Guy Dudman. So
1: it's a Dudeman.
0: this is sent from my guy phone our uh recurring segment in which our friend guy Dudeman tells us what he thinks of twin peaks he wrote a really long email and he gave me permission to edit it so um i'm gonna read uh at least a segment of this email um to you um uh concerning my thanksgiving there is in fact a gal dude woman and two mini dude men and we had a lovely thanksgiving with the family so that's a little a little uh ooh, mystery revealed a gal dude, dude woman dude. and two, little, <laughs> two, little, two yes. little dude kids um about the song playing during the conga line <laughs> your favorite
1: thank you guy dude
0: He says, um, it's a song that's been sped up. I can't find out what the original is. And that makes me feel a lot better because I also could not find out a lot of information about this music. Um, We haven't talked, if we haven't talked about it before, the music that was playing when we first meet Booper is a slowed down version of American Woman covered by Mm. Muddy Magnolias. I think that, version may count as angry female music that if that's something that leaf is still into (laughs) Um,
1: i am still i'm i'm right now reading a book called burn it all down essays on anger female anger and so I'm, i'm doing a lot of research on the concept of angry women because it's something that i love and i'm fascinated by
0: concerning cowboy bebop Ooh. I also watched Cowboy Bebop and it inspired me to watch the original. So they watched the Netflix. He watched a Netflix adaptation, inspired him to watch the original. Did it inspire him to smoke though? That's what I'm curious mm. about. Yeah, that's very, let us
1: know. Also, did it inspire you to go to space and hunt criminals? Tell us please.
0: <laughs> is, that what, is he a bounty hunter? Is yeah, they're, they're space about?
1: bounty hunters. Yeah, it's really oh, cool. cool. Yeah, oh, and it's got okay. kind of like a semi before Firefly, like Firefly. Feel where it's like space, but kind of like cowboys, you know, or oh, cool cowboys, yeah,
0: sort of like um, the Mandalorian, uh, yeah. the new Boba Fett series has kind of got that like sci fi western vibe, yeah, like I it's like sci fi
1: western, but like beat up, not like really pretty, you know. Cool,
0: yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know about the true versus fake fan debate. That we touched on a little bit mm. in the last episode. He said, after hearing uh, my beloved husband Brett talk about the return, it's funny to think there are fans who think the opposite—that you're not a real Peaks fan unless you like or get the return. I'd say gate gatekeeping in general aren't really aren't real fans of anything, and I would. I would agree with that. I'm not, Lo- I'm not a big fan of gatekeepers.
1: Yeah, love what you love, and it's it's kind of tough too because I think I think it's easy when you like you love something and you identify with it that then feel like you have ownership of it, right? You I know, get like- it,
0: but it doesn't. I mean, as much as you love it, it doesn't belong to you. And how will you get new fans of the thing that you love if there are, if you don't get to go through that awkward new fan phase? Where, someone where at work a said something,
1: and I, I was in my office, so I don't know what the conversation was about. And someone walked by, and all I heard of the conversation was like, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And I was like, oh. And I was like, I know that's not true, but sometimes it might feel that way, you know? It's like weird.
0: Um, I think you're more likely to enjoy the return if you're a Lynch fan, mm. as opposed to only a Twin Peaks fan. If you know Lynch's films, you're better prepared for what to expect. I doubt many people who watched Inland Empire, that's a Lynch film, were expecting Lynch to give in to fan I'm expectations. There. Oh,
1: oh, hello so for audio listeners um, my adorable daughter freya has snuck into the room and she's very happy to be in front of the mic and in front of the camera
0: she's got her pj's on she it does. looks like yeah.
1: what are you up to freya?
0: hey i was up to
1: want to get into this video oh you're up to get in, into this video mm-hmm. okay <laughs> Um, I completely forgot what I was gonna say. I lost it. The what was the last thing?
0: We were talking about uh, Lynch fans. <gasps> oh,
1: versus- yeah. yeah. Well, we were Tess and I were just talking about the new um, Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrections. And I think that's a really if you're a fan of that art style, like of that director, which I very much am, it you might enjoy it more than if you're a fan of just what those original movies were, because it is very different in some ways and. And I, I agree, like, if you're here to watch Twin Peaks The Return because you want to see Cooper, whew, we only have a few episodes left. And, <laughs> and they keep teasing you, like, oh, he's coming, Anna. Ah, oh, he's coming. And I don't know, I, I I can see how that's frustrating. But then also, I just love the, the, the journey, you know? Like, it's a good show, so.
0: Um, concerning ratings, I guess we discussed ratings at some mm-hmm. point. A great podcast called The Gifted and the Damned goes deep on ratings of the first two seasons. In short, it had high ratings to begin that quickly went down until it was canceled. And while the return seems to have mirrored that, Showtime doesn't seem to really care about conventional ratings. Enough people paid for streaming and merchandise to say that they would work with Lynch again Or maybe they're gambling that the return will gain a loyal following in the future, much like the original series did after people could sit with it for a few decades. Concerning the idea of no meaning in Lynch's work, I believe that Lynch has been asked this question before, does your work have any meaning? And I believe his stock answer is yes, but he'll never answer any specific questions about the meaning of any of his work. I think Lynch worked multiple meanings into Twin Peaks, layers of story, metaphor, symbolism, and motif that we feel rather than fully understand. So while I believe he does have his own meaning to the return, I think Leaf's idea still holds true. It's so complex that we write the story ourselves. Thanks for another amazing episode sent from my guy phone. That has been
1: sent from my <laughs> iPhone <laughs> that is so first of all Guy Diedemann as always thank you if listeners would like to send us an email and send us their own from their um person their human person, person
0: phone phones. yeah from your
1: human <laughs> person phone um you can send us an email at same peaks y'all y-a-l-l at gmail.com that's right should we uh should we
0: get into the episode
1: we should. Hear. Give me one second. Hey, Frey. Mm-hmm. You ready to go find mommy? Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. I gotta do. My, I gotta do the show. Okay. Go find mommy. they are gonna blow you some kisses. <laughs> I'm watching her go. I'm watching her go. Keep going. Close the door, my darling.
0: Like your yeah, go
1: sneak in her room. Go get her and tickle her for me, okay?
0: Like mommy's
1: yeah. Okay, do it. Okay, close the door too. She might be back. Who knows? Um, I am ready to talk about this show.
0: All right, part fifteen, also known as "There Is Some Fear in Letting Go."
1: Can I tell you real quick? Yeah. This show has one of my favorite scenes in all of shows.
0: What? This particular episode. <laughs> this I know, look
1: at you. This episode has one of my favorite scenes, certainly of all of Twin Peaks, and maybe of all shows. I read wow. around it like three times. And it's it we'll know when we get there. I'm gonna I gotta close the door because I got a girl okay. talking out there.
0: Okay.
1: I don't know whose girl it is. I don't know. <laughs>
0: And so, we open.
1: For, for any um, listeners that like adorable children, you can always see my daughter on uh, our episodes. Are always on YouTube. If you search for um, same email, can you hear her?
0: She's, <laughs> I can't hear. she's
1: angry. I just heard no bedtime. Uh oh. <laughs> she's she's I'm raising a very strong girl, a strong young woman, which is fine. However, she's often very strong towards us when we just want her to do the most smallest of things so um but anyway you can always find us on youtube if you search for same team y'all the name of our mother podcast you should be able to find this show so you can see us and freya and all that fun stuff
0: so we open on a beautiful shot of the mountains the forest and we see nadine walking with her shovel she has a serene smile on her face and we her destination is Big Ed's gas farm Mm -hmm. and Nadine has come to tell him that she loves him but she's been a selfish bee those are her own words and she's known that he and Norma love each other for years and she wants him to be free And so she is shoveling herself out of the S uh, thanks to Dr. Amp slash Dr. Jacoby. And she has freed Ed and she, and she feels great about it. I think Ed keeps trying to tell her like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm sure I had to walk all the way here from my curtain store. I had plenty of time to turn around. I'm sure this is. You need to go be with Norma.
1: It's so interesting because I didn't, I didn't, I don't know why, even in the last episode, Big I was like, oh, there's nothing here. I didn't think he was still married to Nadine. I thought he at least oh. left her because, and it's so interesting because. Correct me if I'm wrong. The original show ended with the assumption that they were both leaving their spouses, right?
0: Well, there was that assumption, but then I think Nadine kind of snapped out of her weird. Oh, high school I don't
1: remember day. that. Mm. yeah
0: like she was in that high school phase
1: (laughs) as we all were you know yeah
0: and then but then something happened and like she kind of snapped out of it and so it was sort of up in the air what was going to happen next and so So he
1: stayed with her because he's a sweetheart
0: yeah because he's a good guy and um but now that she's him, he drives directly to the double r diner and he waves norma over as soon as he walks in and professes his love to her and um she's like ah yeah but walter's here um and that's it's a kick like, in the teeth right oh yeah and so he sits at the counter and um uh he gets a cup of coffee while norma confers with walter but then we find out she's informing walter that she wants him to sell all her shares, that she wants to sell him all of the shares of her of the diners, the franchises. Mm-hmm. And that she's just gonna focus on this one diner and her family. Um and then as Big Ed is sort of meditating at the at the counter. That's
1: exactly what it is, right? Yeah. You know?
0: yeah he's kind of he's his eyes are closed he's just kind of in a reverie and she she interrupts his reverie by coming over and uh and they have a a, um and he asks norma to marry him and she says yes and they have a kiss and she then, says
1: something like "of course, yes" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? and
0: then they smooch, and then Shelley's looking on, and there's blue skies, and it's just like the most like wonderful moment.
1: <laughs> it's a great scene, um, because it's so like you're like because we don't know her relationship with Walter, right? right and it's kind of like is it a boyfriend we know it's a business partner is it more we knew there's kisses what's happening yeah, you know? he's giving
0: her kisses i mean he's brought her flowers so it's kind of like oh i don't
1: know but then when he when she tells him the oh i'm not interested in the this partnership anymore like he's not that he's like nasty but he's like you're making for the record you're making a mistake she's like okay see you later i gotta go with big (laughs) head over there um great scene phenomenal scene no mysteries i loved it you know i was worried he was gonna kill himself so oh i did because he was kind of he by the way big ed probably one of my favorite characters because he's once he's a nice guy but he's very much like a um this show has a lot of like measured characters like i'm frank truman hawk like things are happening and they're like i'm not gonna like let it they're stoic men right like there's a thing happening and poor big ed's heart is probably like exploding and broken and he's just like sitting eyes closed like just like i'm just gonna like i'm in this moment i'm gonna let it pass and even like when he's really upset like the end of the last episode He's just watching the traffic, drinking his delicious soup. You know, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, he's a great character. And, and, and frankly, the, 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 one of the greatest love stories ever told.
0: I've been really trying to channel that calm energy ever mm. since our, our last conversation about Hawk and how cool he is. Um, and I think I'm successful at it. And the reason I think that is today I was at the, Work and somebody asked for help on the computer. And I, um, they said, Oh, can you help me on the computer? And I said, I can try. And so I came out from behind the desk, and they were walking like we were heading over to their computer, and they were like a full 10 or 20 paces ahead of me before they realized that I wasn't like immediately directly behind them. And they turned around and they were like, sorry, I walk fast. And I said, sorry, I walk slow. <laughs> and it was kind of just like, I'm just going to keep walking slow. I'm
1: just. <laughs> so the thing, I, I love this. There's a little tangent, our first tangent of the episode. The, I love this because so the first step of mindfulness is intention, right? You have to decide to do it, right? So once you make the decision to whatever, right? It doesn't matter what it is. But once you're aware of it, now you're out of that pattern of just being like someone running up to you. Yeah, let's go. We got to do this real quick. And once you realize that, and I find because one thing I get is when someone walks up to me and they're talking so fast and they're like, so like, like a perfect example. I'm at the library earlier today. And they're like, the computer stopped. And I was like, oh, did it? Let me walk over there. They're like, look, it's gone. I'm like, oh, why don't you click here? Oh, it's back. You know, you just minimize the window. It's fine. And like they're doing you guys can't see me, but the head is visibly moving quickly and they're moving quick. And like but, and so what that does is it can affect us as other humans. Like we get caught up fast. But what's interesting is I find that it can work the other way. Like if I purposely slow myself down, so it's almost like da 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 And I, I take it feels like forever, but like two seconds before I respond. Okay, let me see what I can do. Like that can in turn slow them down too, you know? It's, I will.
0: I will say it does have like a backfire sometimes because. Um, well, when there's a
1: fire, you should go quickly. Is well, what I'm so
0: this this morning at work, we had a very stressful situation happen, and I think I handled it very well, honestly. Like, give myself a pat on the back.
1: Um, I but believe it, sister.
0: Immediately after, I completely crashed. <laughs> And one of my, my coworkers looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, honestly, I feel physically unwell. And she was like, um, I think your adrenaline got you through that situation. And now that it's passed, you have no more energy left and you should probably just go home for the day. And I was like, I think you're right. And that's what mm-hmm. I did. I went home for the rest of the day because I was already not feeling good and then I handled the situation. I think I handled it well. And then and then I had nothing, I had nothing left to give. <laughs>
1: well, that, that, I mean you spent it all, right? You I know? Did. Yeah, yeah. I
0: spent all my all my all my spell slots were
1: <laughs> I've discovered, and this is just a little this is a a thing I've discovered, and this is gonna sound <laughs> if you change the way you talk, so right now I'm making a an effort to speak in a certain way, right? I'm just talking a little bit slower than I normally do. I've decided, I've discovered that if I change the way I speak to people over time, it also changes the way I sound in my own head to myself, Mm -hmm. which is like very interesting. And, and, and listeners will notice this as I slip out of my intention of speaking this way, And I get excited and I start talking fast and I start cutting the words off, right? Like sometimes I listen to this podcast and I realize like, I'm just saying half sentences to get the (laughs) point across, you know, we all do it and we'll catch up again. But if I keep it at this, like a regular, pretend I'm on a TV show. This is how people talk on TV shows, right? Like, cause they have to talk like this so that people know what the flag smashers yeah i've got to get the flag smashers and marvel and the multiverse you know we don't they can't talk like so then there's the multiverse what are you talking about because no one will know what they're saying and when i talk like this after a while then it changes the way i sound in my own head which is very exciting you know
0: oh i look forward to that
1: yeah um
0: so then i've got written down electricity yep dark road traveling
1: that's exactly what it is yeah it shows yeah it shows, so there's um, a dark
0: road someone's traveling dar- down a dark road of course it's Booper Booper would be traveling down a dark road um, he pulls up to the gas station that we've been seeing the woodsman at um, and also the music that's playing in the background is the um, the music the kind of iconic music that was used in episode eight. The something of
1: Hiroshima, right? Yeah, the
0: Threnody. And there are woodsmen there, and he goes upstairs to the room above the convenience store.
1: And he flickers out as he goes up there.
0: Yes. And then I believe Guy Dudeman (laughs) or anybody, correct me if I'm wrong, are they in the room that's in the painting that was in fire walk with me. Do you remember that painting? I
1: assumed it was. I mean, it looked yeah, like that's that That's what room.
0: I got too. We also
1: got a flash of um that guy with the long pointed nose oh, we too. Did. Yes, we yeah. did.
0: I got, I got that coming up. So Booper informs the woodsman that is in that room that he's looking for PJ. And he's looking for, I've written down PJ. But I realized now that I meant Philip Jeffries. I had a moment <laughs>
1: where I had a moment where I was like
0: wait is, is that Booper? another character he's <laughs> looking for a um,
1: and j i've written uh, yeah i've
0: written that he's looking he's looking for his pjs he's looking, he's looking for philip jeffrey it's
1: booper's nappy time he's, yeah
0: and the woodsman pulls an electric switch and yeah that's when we see the flash of mm. i believe that character is known as the jumping man the one with the, the nose um but he's
1: a great character good yeah. desi- good character design.
0: And then another woodsman appears to lead him down a dark hallway to another set of stairs and through another doorway into an outdoor space, which looks like uh, kind of like the, like a hotel with like a, an outdoor space. It, um, that's what it a kind motel. of motel, like, like a motel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he approaches a door. It happens to be room number eight. And then there's a woman who kind of appears behind him because he's trying to get into this door. And she informs him that uh, she'll unlock the door. And she's speaking backwards, like the characters in the Red Room or the Black Lodge. Um, He enters the room. The lights are flickering. And then there's this device that looks like to me it
1: looks like a teapot um kind of it like- looks like um yeah a like, teapot's a great or like or
0: steam coming out of what it, are those
1: things that- if we have any scientists listening what are those things called where it's like a it's like a beaker but then it heats up and it pushes the the steam or liquid through like tubes and stuff do you know what i'm talking about like I don't know. Oh, yeah.
0: It kind of, you know, where it goes, and
1: then it's like, I'm sure it's going through tubes for a reason. Anyway, it looks kind of like that. It's really big.
0: And yeah, it is big. It's like well, we don't. We don't even know like how big it is. Like I was gonna say it's man size, but we don't know like how close it is to Booper. But, in this but is
1: it dudeman size?
0: <laughs> is it is it human person size? I,
1: I always measure um, my distances by dudemans. They're like, how, how about how long is your new commute to work? It's about fifteen hundred dudesmen. <laughs> it's, it's about five point five dudemans. Actually, it's it's not um, that long.
0: But I guess this is philip jeffries now this is the new form Mm. that he has taken
1: or his original form oh yeah
0: true yeah um but basically Booper wants to know why did you send ray to kill me um and um i i have like i said it's been a while since i've seen this episode so you'll have to help
1: you are doing great. You are okay. doing phenomenal. <laughs> really.
0: Because he says, um, he's like, why would you send Ray to kill me? And he says, what? I called Ray. He's like, did you call me? He's like, I don't have your number. We used to talk. And then there's a flashback. And the flashback is to the scene that we, we've seen in Fire Walk With Me with David Bowie. Um, and... And so that was in 1989. And then he says, so you are Cooper? And he says, who is Judy? He wants to know who is Judy. We all do. We all want to know.
1: Unfortunately, we don't want to, we're not going to talk about Judy.
0: Yeah. He said, ask her yourself. And then these numbers appear in the steam. And then he says, you've already met. And then a phone rings. And when Booper picks up the phone, he's transported outside. Um, outside, like back to reality. Like the he's cabin. back to reality, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: That, it, oh, here, you keep going. I got a lot to say about this thing, but I want you to. Be do to, I uh, need to
0: highlight anything? I,
1: I wish. Um, <laughs> I guess, I know, right? Uh, go ahead and just highlight the whole scene because okay. there's probably some, some, some conclusions we can make about it. Um, but he'll finish out the the scene, and then I'll. There's a few things I want to say, like now, okay. just about the scene that aren't mysteries. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, so he's transported back outside, and who should be there standing there but Richard? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a gun on him, and he's like, "You're FBI. I know that because I've seen your photo." My mom is Audrey Horn.
1: And this is really weird cuz so far Richard has been a pretty upstanding character. So <laughs> Yeah, it was um this whole part because Booper does by the way. Booper's a great villain and he, he I like characters that exude like power and confidence without needing to be like big people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Kyle McLaughlin's like a huge dude, you know, he isn't, but he's like, I'm not taking any S and he does this really cool move where Richard's got a gun on him. And, you know, it looks like for all intents and purposes, a gun can hurt Booper until, until Woodsman show up and pat him back So whatever (laughs) happens. But he does this cool move where he like spits. And then the spit like catches Richard's attention. He uses that split second to get that gun away from him and he kicks him a couple times which, which by the way, we know he's strong enough to punch a man's face in. So those kicks yeah. must've hurt. And then he gets yeah. in the car, you know? yeah, that's it, what I, I've
0: written down Booper spits disarmed assaults. That's the exact. I believe that's called that the, the that spit said.
1: and kick. move. <laughs> the spit and kick. They teach that in, in SWAT.
0: <laughs> and then he tells them, don't threaten me again. Get in the car. And then he sends a text and it's the text that we saw uh, Diane get a couple episodes ago, Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. question mark. Um, Further
1: confirmation that things aren't happening at the same speed. Right. Yeah, which is really interesting.
0: And then he drives away and then there's kind of lights and smoke and that location that they were at kind of dissolves into the darkness out of existence
1: the thing i wanted to say is that because i've said a few times already i think the special effects in the show are stunning so usually well we'll, usually when someone says oh how are the special effects in that movie right which i don't think is a conversation we have anymore because a lot of movies have reached a point where it's like no one said Oh, but how are the special effects in Endgame? Because it's kind of assumed that everything will look like what it's supposed to, right? Like,
0: honestly, the only time that I talk about special effects now are, are if they're noticeably bad.
1: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Like, someone be like, oh, that was a bad scene. But no one ever says, oh, I forgot that Iron Man isn't really real. <laughs> right well
0: like i don't know i recently i was watching the dune movie and i was like how did they do that well how did they do that how did they do that
1: you know what that's you know what that's a really good point that's like a i think that's a a special case though like i don't know like i don't know uh, if there was a conversation like after um i should
0: point out i'm talking about the new dune movie not the 1985 dune well, movie and directed also the, by david lynch
1: the new dune movie is gorgeous it's it's i mean it's a, clearly a work of art but w- what i was going to say is usually when someone's talking about like oh how are the special effects the question is does the make-believe thing look real? Like a thing that could exist in our world, like a robot, right? It's a make-believe robot, but does it look good? Like, does it look like it's real? A Jar Jar, does Jar Jar look good? Does he look real? Does this look real? But what David Lynch is doing here is he's making things that don't look real. They, They purposely don't look real. They don't look like things that exist. And he's inventing new things. It's not like, oh, that looked like a real giant teapot. It looks like something that is quite literally beyond description the best things we have is it looks like a teapot yeah but it isn't you know it makes smoke and numbers and it talks and like it's 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 amazing like it's not like oh that was kind of like a boat or oh yeah it looked good it looked just like a giant teapot no because it wasn't a giant it's something that doesn't exist it's a it's a he essentially created an abstract painting like it's a thing that doesn't exist that he's letting us look at you know yeah
0: I believe all of that like dialogue was David Bowie um and I don't know where uh that narration was acquired from like I know like for instance when they made The Rise of Skywalker they reused a lot of lines of dialogue that Carrie Fisher recorded for other movies I don't know if that's how they got this um, narration or not, but Beers. I thought that was really neat too. Because I thought, like, oh well, maybe they'll just pick another actor to play him. But I thought that was they weird. Picked a, they picked a teapot instead.
1: Th- <laughs> like, man, the return is terrible. They recast. They recast him <laughs> as a as a teapot. It's terrible. Um, that's so funny. Um, yeah, that's all I really had to say. Like, it was just like stunning. And like, even the, when the numbers came out, like they just look like. It was hard to describe it looked like i was looking at a, a picture book like an old um chris van osberg book right oh, you yes. know like um if, if if anyone's not too familiar Jumunji and polar express like that kind of like yes. especially a lot of chris van like this weird like it's gray it's smoky it or
0: or, uh brian selznick invention of hugo cabre like yes like that kind of style style. yeah Yeah.
1: really cool and i think david lynch and his team you know everyone on whoever worked on the show has done this multiple times where there's like an effect happening that doesn't look like a thing that i can find words for you know it's really cool you know like, I love Star Wars, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a spaceship. That's a laser beam. That's an alien. That's like everything has a thing. It's, it is a thing. That's a thing. He, they've invented things that aren't things. They're nothing. Yeah. What are they? I don't know. <laughs> this is a a, t- a teapot.
0: <laughs> <Philip laughs> so good. Jeffrey. Yeah, it's Philip uh,
1: Jeffries, of course.
0: So uh, we see trees, we see a waterfall, we see the forest, and we see a guy. Walking a really cute Boston Terrier in the forest.
1: That's weird. I saw a regular dog walking a real cute guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know who that guy is? Besides is, hot,
1: <laughs> sorry. Not,
0: besides hot.
1: Besides the um, hotty
0: That is Mark Frost, co-creator of Twin Peaks. So not yeah. hot.
1: Cold, frosty. <laughs> Good for Mark. You know what? I was actually thinking about Mark Frost the other day. Where, like, all the times we're talking about the show, you, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, it was yeah like yeah. David Lynch. This, David Lynch. That, but Mark Frost was there. In fact, wasn't it Mark Frost's idea to do the return? Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I do think like the the filmmaking style like all these kind of like artistic stylistic choices are very clearly david lynch um and i think that's why he gets so much like credit for the return but you're right we must not forget mark frost and here he is actually as a a cameo in his in his show
1: i think Um, I, i saw a meme once where um it was like a mom like catching her kid jumping in the pool. Have you seen this? And then there was like another kid like just stumbling and like falling head first in the pool. And it was like <laughs> the fans were the mom. David Lynch was the kid that you're catching. And then Mark Frost is like, you know. <laughs> and I was like, and that's when I had a moment. Where I was like, you know what? He's worked hard on this too. So Mark Frost, wherever you are, we love you.
0: Yeah, we do love you. And he wrote Mm -hmm. those books. He wrote um, that's right. He wrote the Secret History and the Final Dossier. I haven't.
1: I haven't got to Final Dossier yet. No, we gotta read that
0: later. Yeah. Um,
1: but um, I really liked Secret History. So thank you. And also, Mark Frost wrote this with David Lynch, right? Like secretly over years. Like that's so cool. You know.
0: So cool. Um, we see Stephen, and um. Gersten Donna's sister and they are like in the woods like just totally freaking out and Stephen is saying like he did it and she's saying oh it's not your fault and he puts a bullet he's got a gun he puts a bullet in the gun and he's just talking nonsense like I, like they're, they must be high on something I remember one specifically I wrote down will I be with the rhinoceros that's one of the things that he said
1: he says something too about like I feel turquoise or something
0: yeah and so then the man with the dog sees them and walks away and Gerson like hides on the other side they're very like upset that they've been seen by this man and Gerson goes and hides on the other side of the tree big tree yeah it's a very big tree mm-hmm. and then we hear the gun cock and shoot and we can presume that steven is dead um and that and then that man with the dog uh mark frost um we see him talking to carl rod so he's informing him like oh you know the guy who lives in that trailer that i just saw him in the woods The ones really we've weird. heard like
1: fighting and freaking out and stuff yeah so you
0: know? Um, and uh that's uh like I said, that is Mark Frost, and he is playing a character. Apparently, in the original series, he also had a cameo as a reporter named Cyril Ponds, and this was him uh reliving that character. So this is so that was Cyril, Cyril Pons. Yeah, that's this is what Cyril Pons has been up to. He has a really cute Boston Terrier, and I guess he lives in the in the trailer park, and
1: and he's been busy keeping it tight <laughs> <laughs> can i tell you wait is that the end of the scene
0: yeah that's the end of that scene
1: can i tell you that that scene that was it man
0: yeah oh that's the scene, that's the
1: scene. so let me i know you're like what oh what my god you it's so,
0: not it's not like norma and big ed finally getting together after like a saga of well, lifetime of yearning for one another. I mean, it wasn't that's bad. a good
1: scene, but what this is like? Just hear me out.
0: Yeah, I will hear you out.
1: We have two humans, right? We have two
0: humans: Stephen and Garrison.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess we got three humans <laughs> and a dog. We have, but mostly we have two humans, uh, complete with faults, right? Two imperfect humans presumably high out of their mind that have pretty much destroyed their life. And one maybe destroyed his entire life, literally with a bullet to his head. And, you know, they weren't born that way. Things happened and, uh, and events went this way and maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. Maybe they shouldn't have used drugs. Maybe they shouldn't have a gun. Oh, that guy saw him. What's that guy thinking about? And there's a dog and all this And it's terrible and they're crying and they're freaking out. And what does reality mean? (laughs) Meanwhile, those big, beautiful, stunningly perfect, thank you, trees are just, they're fine. They are fine. You know what I mean? Like We're watching it and even though it's made up, right? I'm affected, you're affected. It's a thing, right? We're thinking about it. And in the narrative of the show, a person's dying. Police will be involved. Stephen play has a mom. This is happening. This is happening. All of this is happening. Those trees it doesn't even matter, man. It like not even. It's literally not on their radar. You know. I don't know. Like I felt like that was the thing that David Lynch was trying to tell us. You know. I think David Lynch, like I've said this before. Like I think him and I are on similar brain patterns. Like it's hard to find the words because the words don't exist. You know, Alan Watts. Uh, philosopher of the cast is he often says there are truths that we can't say because we've never invented words for them. They don't exist. And I think that's something that's happening here where he is, Dave Lynch and I are thinking the same thing that doesn't have words that involve these creatures that are perfectly fine. Cause I think the trees are important in Twin Peaks, right? You know, it's a thing that they reference and a thing that we see a lot of, you know, and-
0: One of the very first things that Dale Cooper mentions- Is the, is the trees. The trees, he's yeah. <laughs> still yeah, he's so enamored of the yeah. trees. And I don't trees. know, like
1: that scene just really spot, and I just thought it was beautiful. And like this, there's one shot where they're both they're so tiny on the ground, in the tree. It's back, so they're tiny, and the trees are huge. And I remember thinking, if I took my hand, and I just covered this up, this is gorgeous. Put it on your put it on your screensaver, right? Put it on your desktop. And now I move my hand, and now I'm like, look at this the story, right? The story of look at this tragedy and look at this sadness, look at this pain, look at this death. Like, I don't know, like you cover it. Gorgeous. You know what I mean? But let's say it was people around, right? Let's pretend it's not trees, as people. You would see that affected on their faces like, Oh my God. and Look at that. And police and all that. Like, I don't know. It was just a powerful scene. I loved it. Good job, David Lynch
0: and Mark Frost. <laughs> um, we get down to the roadhouse.
1: Of course we do. Get down to the roadhouse.
0: They're playing.
1: <laughs> yes, this is good. This is a good reveal. <laughs> they're
0: playing a recording of ZZ Top, Sharp Dressed Man. And they have an applause meter. <laughs> uh,
1: and they brought out the announcer for it, too. Yes,
0: exactly. He's like, he's operating the applause meter. Um, James and Freddie are there and I don't know why James felt like he needed to do this but he goes and he says hi to Renee his love interest who is married and presumably that's her husband that's with her there at the bar and um uh his name is Chuck And he starts beating him up. He starts beating James up. And then Freddy knocks him out with one punch. Isn't there, is that like an anime One Punch Man?
1: Oh, I love, One Punch Man is so good. Yeah, I was (laughs) gonna-
0: I've heard you talk about that before. And then when Freddie does like one punch and knocks him out, I was like,
1: it's like one punch man. Yeah. um, I was going to be one punch man for like when we went to Lexicon, but, and this is kind of a sad story, but I realized if I went as one punch man, people would be like, oh, so you're fat one punch man. (laughs) I would be like, no, I'm just regular one punch man. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I was like, I got to be in one punch man shape before I can be one punch man. So
0: and then I've written down foaming at the mouth, eyes don't look right. Yeah. Is that what Chuck looks like? Yeah, after they both say out? like, okay. oh,
1: his eyes don't look right. He's foaming. Like you clearly got punched so hard he's about to die. Yeah. Um, um
0: and Freddie says you tried not to hit him that hard. You got but the glove he, though. He can't control the um, strength with that highlight glove. I like that.
1: Highlight him punching that man. Okay. I know I don't have a lot of highlights this episode, and that's fine. Sometimes that's you funny. don't. Um you know, sometimes you got him, sometimes you don't. But, um, uh, oh, go ahead. And then maybe he dies. <laughs> I was just putting, yeah, a, putting, I a on, putting a cap on that. James
0: tells the onlookers to call 911. And then we head over to, I guess, FBI headquarters in Las Vegas, where, uh, Douglas Jones and his wife Jane are ready for questioning along with their kids and the guy's like kids kids because <laughs> he knows that there's only supposed to be one kid um so it's obviously the wrong family they do not have duper and janie e in custody um it was a weird reveal
1: (laughs) they look so angry sitting in there it was so
0: weird but everything that happens at this FBI headquarters is so weird
1: my first thought like as a dad was like oh god I would be so mad if I was like I got my kid losing it and then like because when you're well I don't want to say when you're a parent but like for me in my experience as a parent like if Freya is like losing it and then anyone's like talking to me like excuse me sir do you want to try like I'm in a store like oh do you got any questions about these boom boxes get the hell out of here Look at my kid. She's losing her mind. I got to get out of here. Like the second that's happening. And I'm just like, I know that they're like fuming. Like we're sitting here where kids are going nuts. Like they need fruit roll-ups, you know?
0: Isn't that funny? I think that's like, that's like a, like almost like a human instinct to like not acknowledge the like very obvious tr- like trauma yes. that's happening. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah,
0: Like at least that's how I feel like at the library we are at least able to acknowledge when a child is screaming and crying and like go up and ask them like, is everything okay? Do you need an ice pack? Oh no, we're just losing ourselves and we're just having a meltdown. That's okay. That happens sometimes. You bring up
1: a great point because most places just like, ignore it. Like some yeah. I'll be like, I know there'd be times a man and I would be in a grocery store, and like I get it, you're trying to be friendly. So you're in the the cashier's like, Oh, how's your day been? And all that boop boop. Oh, that's great. And Frey's like losing it. So you're being friendly, that's fine. But now Frey's losing it. Maybe uh boop, boop, a little faster. We got to get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, come on, like, acknowledge what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I right know. Here.
0: Like, at least at the library, like, our top priority yes. at that point is to expedite your service at the library. Like, what can I do to get you out of here? Uh,
1: yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> How as can
0: a, I help you? Yeah, all Seriously. parents think uh, <laughs>
1: uh, that's always, like, priority. Like, okay, get me in and out. I need to get, look at this kid. She's losing it, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah um so uh
0: another uh locale in las vegas that we get to visit mr todd's office and he he calls in roger to ask if he's heard from tony and then they are both both mr shot. todd and
1: roger are my two favorite characters so i'm really excited about seeing them for the rest of the show
0: <laughs> right and then they get shot yeah. uh by chantal and she's, then she's walking out of the office, she's talking on the phone, and then she hears, like, this, like, horrible wheezing no. noise, and then she's like, oh, I gotta go back, and she's this guy again. Uh, meanwhile, she's talking to, to um uh Hutch on the phone, I guess it is, and she's like, yeah, give me french fries with extra ketchup.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, Wendy's. If you're listening, you you really need to get on in that um, Chantel. Was it Chut? No. What is it? Hutch. Yeah. Yeah. And get them. They could be your spokesmodels because they <laughs> love that Wendy's. And every time I see them kill people and talk about how much they love Wendy's, like, I want, I want to get some. You know, <laughs> I want to get some.
0: At the um, Twin Peaks Sheriff's Department, Hawk and Bobby are escorting. James and Freddy into a jail cell I guess that's their punishment for what went down with Chuck and um Billy is in there screaming and repeating things Nido is in there like whimpering and making little squeaking noises and then Chad Chad. oh that was pretty good actually
1: i don't know i'm slipping into dolphin <laughs> now but
0: and then and chad is in there it's just a real there's a lot of chaotic energy in that jail right now the, uh, um
1: it's not a mystery but the thing i love about this about um what's it chad is his name
0: chad is the the corrupt police the one
1: out. we don't like the thing yeah. i love about this whole scene is that chad is like clearly upset right and yeah he hates it every time he says something billy repeats it right yeah but what I love is Chad's a bad guy. And so he's saying, I know he's a bad guy because Andy said so. So Chad's a bad guy and he says things that are mean and disrespectful. But what's happening is Billy is just, all he's doing is saying the things he's saying back to him. So it's like, he's getting a little taste of his own medicine and there's nothing he can do, but not say something, you know? And I don't know, I, I love that. Um, and also I forgot Nido was even there. Like The camera slowly pans and I'm like, oh yeah
0: yeah because they're like what the hell yeah
1: and then
0: it like oh yeah that is what you would say if you yeah. saw her yeah
1: well she did like her eyes are covered with skin or something right yeah
0: yeah um we Chantal and Hutch eating their burgers they're talking about torturing and killing and the hypocrisy of our quote unquote Christian nation <laughs> and then at the very end it's like Wendy's <laughs>
1: <laughs> I really mi- missed opportunity. I really wish I knew like how to make like memes and and gifs. I, I I'm sure it can't be that hard. I don't know how it works, but anyway, I, I actually for one I love these. You know how this show feels very different from Twin Peaks, right? I think this one's in a more darker. Menacing tone than the original Twin Peaks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're, you, I think you said something like you miss those cozy moments. I think we're getting those cozy moments <laughs> with Chantal and Hutch. I really <laughs> do. Like they're, but it's twisted. Like it's twisted, yeah. but I mean, they're still sweet. Like they, you know, like I don't know. Like they're.
0: I like how you're like we're getting cozy moments, not Norma and Ed. <laughs> Finally getting to be together after all of this time. Well, no, Chantal and Hutch eating their Wendy's <laughs> discussing torturing <laughs> and killing people. That's well so cozy. I mean, oh, also
1: so. big Ed. and but I mean, I don't know, like they're you get me dessert, you know I did. <laughs> it's
0: so there is actually something kind of cute she's like for me, know. like
1: when they're dead, the fun's over, man. You know, which you, can, you can't torture them if they're dead. I'm like, you know what? And he gets it. Hutch gets her, you know, and she gets Hutch, and they love Wendy's.
0: <laughs> um. Meanwhile, at the Jones residence, the actual Jones family, Janie E is serving duper chocolate cake, and then there's a nice long scene of him chewing. Um, I'm sure you enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm
1: a fan of that.
0: He's randomly clicking buttons on the remote and um, an old movie comes on TV and it's actually, the movie is Sunset Boulevard. This is an actual movie that exists. And he hears the line, get Gordon Cole, which is a line from this movie. And, and then he pauses the TV So that triggers something in him, he pauses the TV, and then he looks at an electrical outlet, and he crawls over to it, and he sticks his fork into it, and presumably electrocutes himself, and then there's light flashing and Janie E screams and... So we don't really know what happened there, but
1: he, he does a little bit of problem solving because he tries to put the tines in there, and he's like, hmm, "That's not working." He, he does a moment where he's like, "Oh, let me flip, flip it, it over." Around. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Or yeah. As, as Bobby might say, he's gonna turn it upside down.
1: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, that flew right over my head. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: There was a, there's like a classic Bobby line from the original series in which he. He claims he's going to turn things upside down, and I think about that whenever I. He's angry. Yeah, whenever I turn anything upside down, I think of Bobby.
1: (laughs) Um, Um, I I like this because obviously I feel like it's a tease. Like, oh, Coop, right? Like, is it? But I mean, I'm. Is
0: this the thing that brings him back?
1: I have already come to this phase of acceptance. I've told you this already. If this entire time, Coop never comes back that's fine. I'm giving it, because that's the point. Like, I think that's the point. And even in the, um, not to draw comparisons, and if anyone has watched uh, the new Matrix movie has come out, but even that, like, they play with your expectations. Like, oh, you want this? You want this? No. That's not what's gonna happen.
0: I actually, I actually think that this is a really good comparison. Like, the Matrix, the Matrix sequel that just came out Uh is very similar to, like, the this which is a sequel to something that came out like over 20 years ago um uh which almost kind of <laughs> no we, we won't go into it because we don't have spoilers because no, we, we, i want i want people to enjoy this new matrix yeah
1: game. yeah and if you enjoyed it please send us an email at same peaks y'all at gmail.com um tess and i if we haven't mentioned on the cast we also have a deep love for the matrix <laughs> series <laughs> You can still say it, though, without spoiling.
0: I was and just you- going to say that it kind of, I guess, subverts, subverts. your expectations, yeah. of, like what you thought the movie was going to be like, and also what you thought the original movies were about. Like, I feel like...
1: <laughs> without giving in, any- this isn't giving anything away in the show, um, Matrix Resurrection is a movie, unless you've watched it, you'll get this, but, and this just occurred to me, there's a word that they say multiple times in that movie, in a in a montage, when they go, when you think of the original show, what do you think of? You know, and I'm, I'm doing a thing. And you know what never shows up in this movie? The thing that they mention, right? You know, yeah. it's like so, it's so funny. Like, it doesn't happen. I mean, there's a thing that's kind of like it, but...
0: Which is right? kind of it's kind of like Twin Peaks: The Return. Like yeah. I want to see Coop eating pie. Like yeah. well, instead you're going to get Coop wearing an enormous green jacket and well, repeating what people say. Instead to we
1: got Coop eat, eating cake. Instead, well, no, Coop <laughs> ate pie. But I mean, he was doomed. you're right. He yeah, did. He did. But it's <laughs> but
0: it wasn't right? what you thought. Yeah, you were
1: gonna and, see. And, and I think in the Matrix they because um, we are in the Matrix podcast right now. Um, what, what do we call it? <laughs> Same. Matrix, y'all? I mean, that's kind of same. Anyway, it doesn't we'll work,
0: matter. We'll workshop something.
1: Thank you, but they even do this thing where it's kind of like this, oh, remember this? Well, anyway, it's this, right? You know, it's <laughs> really good and, and and it's very satisfying. So, um, back to Twin Peaks now.
0: Uh, the log lady calls Hawk yeah. and she informs him that she's dying and that dying... Aww i'm Hawk. dying yeah
1: can you yeah. do it? i'm dying uh, here wait i'm dying yeah.
0: she says death is just a change my
1: log is turning to gold yeah
0: it's time there's some fear in letting go which is the subtitle of this episode mm. um but remember what i told you From our talks face to face, watch out for the one I told you about under the moon on the blue mountain. My log is turning gold. Wind is roaring. I'm dying. Good night, Hawk. And he says, goodbye, Margaret. And then we see the moon kind of covered by clouds.
1: Can you highlight um, there's pain in letting go? Yes. There's Thank you. fear, fear and letting go. There's fear and letting go.
0: Yeah. There's um, fear
1: and letting go, letting go.
0: And then we see the conference room at the uh uh Truman, Bobby, Lucy, and Andy have all been summoned to the conference room. And then Hawk informs them that the log lady is. Has died and lucy cries and frank takes his hat off um i think this is like a uh I, I thought this whole scene was really sweet um a nice like goodbye to that actress who passed away and actually this episode I is saw,
1: i saw it at the end too yeah yep. well
0: it's interesting this episode is, is in memory of margaret Lanterman. <laughs> who is the character um not Katherine <laughs> Coulson the actress notice um, uh so i thought that was interesting and i thought like does david lynch know which universe we're living in at this point you know like you were talking about like there's the twin peaks universe and then there's the universe of david lynch and then there's like a universe it's like it's the tpm the twin peaks multiverse at this point um
1: the TPCM, the Twin Peaks Cinematic, TPCU, oh, sure. TPCU, yeah. the Twin Peaks Cinematic, Cinematic Universe.
0: Cinematic, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we see the lights out in her cabin and it's, it's kind of that final goodbye. And then we see Audrey and Charlie. Charlie's you, finally- You know
1: how much I, I love you. these I know, scenes.
0: I know how much you love but it. Charlie, Audrey,
1: Charlie. I'm so sleepy so tired audrey are you gonna get your coat on or not
0: well charlie's got his coat on
1: (laughs) he finally it's been three episodes he got his
0: coat on finally put his coat on and they're going to the roadhouse and um uh she tells him that she likes billy better than him and then she uh, attacks him and screams that she hates him <laughs> um very upsetting scene and then oh followed by another upsetting scene Wait, if
1: this is a different scene can you highlight her screaming at him yeah are we still with audrey right now or did we it move can on
0: be. do you want to still talk about audrey
1: yeah well i what always do you
0: have to say <laughs> well no
1: i was just gonna say um Charlie, not a little person. <laughs> I was wrong.
0: Oh right! You remember how yeah. I thought he like behind when he yeah.
1: sat behind the desk. I guess like just proportions look different. I don't know. Yeah. Um. He's a uniquely shaped man, but he yes. appears to be of close to average height. So I was wrong. Right. Sorry, Charlie. Um.
0: Um. At the Roadhouse, the Veils are performing um, a song called "Exalt."
1: exalitol <laughs> I liked it. It was a cool song. It's
0: a cool song. It's a really Maybe, cool song. Made me
1: think of Halloween for some reason, you know.
0: It's kind of a creepy. Yeah, it's kind of like a little creepy. Well, his
1: his voice almost makes me think of um like the band that plays during Hocus Pocus, like the he's like, "Hey guys, look, it's the Sanderson sisters." Hey, you get kid, you kids are great, you know, spoiler alert for the original Hocus Pocus. <laughs> but they they don't realize that they're actually witches they think and he's like guys guys the sanders is 100 years ago and anyway that made me think of that band you know
0: <laughs> great reference i love it thank you um, okay. there's a young woman in a booth and she's oh. approached by two older men and they physically remove her from the booth and put her onto the floor And she starts crawling into the crowd. She's crying. She's screaming. And then the credits roll (laughs) over, just over that motel, that kind of outdoor space that we saw earlier in the episode. Um, And that is the end of the episode. Is it? Or is it? What else was so there? So
1: the music is playing and then it uh-huh. fades out and we have no music and we see the outside of that motel.
0: Yeah.
1: But then right before the credit, look at you, right before the credits end and we cut to the, the what is it? The Rosa? What's
0: yeah. The, Rancho Rosa, <laughs>
1: Rosa. Yeah. It The scene cuts to a different view of that motel or a house or something. And there's an open garage with a woman standing there for oh. like- Look at you for like two seconds. Guy Dudeman confirmed this place because I saw it with my own eyes. I think it's the woman who opened the okay the door, but it's just for first because I remember watching this and be like, oh, it'd be so cool if something because I love watching. This is so weird. I love watching things in film of like it's a video of something that's not moving because then it's like, is it a picture or
0: oh, uh is it a
1: video? And then I like watching it and like, oh, something moved, so it is a video. And so I was like really watching. I was like, I hope there's something at the end. And just at the very end, it cuts to. Another scene at that same location. It looks like, and then there's like a a woman, mostly in shadow, like in a darkened, looks like an open garage or something, for just like two seconds, and then it's Santa Rosa. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Oh wow!
0: I, I, I love.
1: Notice that yeah, there's a little, and then Thanos showed up too, and he was like, <laughs> um "Can I tell you that this scene where the two guys are standing over this woman, it is, it was, so here's the deal." For it's, awful.
0: And you know,
1: it's awful thank you thank it's you. awful
0: and I I love re-watching the show with you because um you you have been pointing out throughout the series uh how you feel like David Lynch has something to say about the relationship between men and women and the kind of patriarchal power structure that most of our society is built on based on this assumption that men are physically stronger than women and so we should be submissive to them um and i don't think i ever picked up on a lot of that message and symbolism well not (laughs) to
1: brag but you have once said that i've had two very strong um female friends who I consider very inspirational feminists in their own right tell me that I am the biggest feminist they know (laughs) because I'm all joking aside I'm constantly looking at stuff like that and that's why I'm reading this book about female anger because I'm like yes queen I'm mad too and it's fine it's fine feel the anger I told Freya just recently we're watching a we're watching a tv show on Netflix called word party and Bailey the elephant was sad because he didn't have applesauce you probably saw the episode too Tess and (laughs) And anyway, they did this whole bit where it was like, we should do a happy dance so you're not sad. And I told Frey, I said, no, Bailey can be sad because he doesn't have applesauce. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like, let him be sad.
0: Look nice. at you it's applesauce and like it, you don't have to be like inconsolable about it like you could be sad for a little bit but then you probably should cheer yourself up there you is something to there is something to say there's something to be said for self self-soothing like in disappointing situations like finding a way to cope with it i
1: think you're right in this scenario though bailey wasn't like having a tantrum like he was like oh i'm sad i don't have like he wasn't uncontrollable He was like i'm sad because i don't have applesauce you know um, but, w- I, and I think you're right. There is something about if you feel like you're being hurt by your emotions, like, you know, take care of yourself. But I do think it's also detrimental, and I, I know this from experience, to be like, well, I shouldn't be mad,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I
1: shouldn't feel sad. Well, We've other talk-
0: people have it worse than me. Other
1: people have And I do think that's important. Like, it can give you perspective, and then it could naturally make you, make the situation that is upsetting you feel less. But that's different because the perspective has given, like, for example, I... I don't know. I was talking to someone at work and they were talking about something very serious. And it kind of put my issues, like like frustrations at work, in light. And I was like, this is really nothing compared to that. And naturally, I felt better. But the flip side is me saying, I have no right to be angry. I have no right. You know, that's all I'm saying. But you're right. You should take care of yourself. But all that to say is, um, yes, yeah, so I'm reading this book and it's like, <laughs> it's like, no, these are moments. Where I'm mad, it's an anthology written by different women. And like, these are moments where I was told, you shouldn't be mad. Or, do you know what you look like when you're mad? Or, you should do this instead of that. And uh anyway, this scene was because those guys physically pick her up. They pick her up, they're towering over her. They pick her up and they take her out of the booth that she wanted to sit in without even asking. You know, and I had a moment where I was talking to a coworker the other day, I was listening. We were listening to music um, by a band called Low Roar. What I call my sad boy music. I love it. And I told her, I said, I love this music because it makes me think of walking at night outside, you know. And she goes, I never walk out night outside at night because I'm a woman. And I, was like, shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I mean, not I walk outside all the time, and I never think about it, you know. But a man, like, it gave me good perspective to think about that. Like, what, what is the world? What does the world look like when you're like, ooh, the sun is down. Let me stay inside.
0: Yeah, I would, I I, would never walk at night. And I, I even walk like to my car from work yeah. with like a mace in my hand. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I, 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 not to say like one thing's right or wrong, but it, it gave me perspective of being like, I'm walking around with no fear.
0: Well, and the other notable thing about this scene is that once they put her on the floor, she stays there and she crawls into a crowd and she's crying she has tears streaming down her face and nobody seems to notice or care (laughs) or ask her if she's okay or or say to those guys hey she was sitting there you shouldn't just pick her up and move her yeah
1: like everyone ignored it you know it's really interesting um yeah no i love walking and running at night and hanging out in the woods at night like and it never even, and, and it's funny too, because like for listeners, I'm I'm a strong-ish guy. Like I'm of average strength, maybe a little bit more because I rock climb and I'm kind of a stocky, I've got a dwarvish build, you know? Um, but I mean, you know, someone could easily, it's not like a am strong and women are weak. It's someone could easily bash me over the head or kill me or still, they could, but it's never even occurred to me. You know what I mean? Like every once in a while i be like, oh, I'm glad I run without my wallet. So someone could like beat me up and not steal things for me, but I never- think about anything worse than that you know so it gave me like a a real perspective and i'm always thinking about that anyway you know but i don't know it is a a powerful scene is what i'm saying so
0: well we should probably get into our next segment so many mysteries
1: (laughs) how many are there
0: so many
1: Special thanks to Royalty Free Music for providing Mystery Man. Music by, <laughs> music by Pedro.
0: Nice. Um, the first thing you had me highlight, not a lot of highlights this episode. That's okay. Thank you. First thing you had me highlight was uh, Philip Jeffries.
1: yeah so this is
0: highlight that whole scene
1: (laughs) yeah how do you highlight that whole scene so um very nice that we're talking about not talking about judy that's very cool i love it whenever we have a um like we haven't forgotten right like it's not a thing that we forgot it's still there i don't know what it means but we haven't forgotten it so that's really cool um i just the only thing that i think we can draw a conclusion about or maybe we can't even do that is i think Philip Jeffries is the thing, the teapot thing. He is that. And I think Judy is those, she is those numbers. And, and I think that's that. I don't think there's a mystery there. I think that's what they are. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Are you familiar with the Green Lanterns, Tess?
0: I'm somewhat familiar with the Green
1: Lanterns. Yeah, they're uh, 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 a they group of- They have
0: rings of power.
1: Yeah, they have rings of power. And and so anyway, they uh, they get these rings. They give them power. They power them with their willpower. Um, and there are Green Lanterns all around the universe. There are human Green Lanterns and a bunch of different alien Green Lanterns. There's one that's like a talking squirrel Green Lantern and all that kind there of stuff.
0: There's one that's like a whole planet.
1: There's one that's a whole planet, but there's yeah. also one that's like just a mathematical- equation like it's just like a concept of math here let me look this up real quick and anyway I'm thinking like maybe there is no mystery like Judy literally she's those numbers she she just she's just those numbers man you know like maybe that's it I'm looking this up real quick how could he (laughs) yeah okay maybe (laughs) (laughs) you said
0: okay maybe
1: here we go. Okay. Um, according to greenlantern.fandom.com, which is where I go for all oh my, oh boy, that's an interesting image. Um, Der Kurtz T. the Kurtz is a biosentinet mathematical equation first discovered by the madman mathematician Timth Rye, who sought to prove that willpower could be derived and blah, 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 blah. Anyway. He's a mathematical equation who also happens to wield a ring of power. So, wow. so that's, a, that's a thing that could, uh, that's the thing. So that's my thing.
0: And then the next thing you had me highlight. And I think that might be the last thing you had me highlight is Freddie knocking him out in one punch.
1: Oh, remember how Freddie said, um, the fireman said he had a destiny because destiny was the punch those yeah. two men super hard
0: oh you think so
1: yeah i don't know why but i mean who's to say the destiny has to be great it's his destiny to punch those two men so i think somehow it might have it would have led to a uh chain reaction of events so maybe james is important in some way because they might have killed james or beat him up or i don't know Oh, so I think that's his Freddie destiny. Freddie
0: protecting James is that's part of his destiny. You think?
1: Yeah, Freddie didn't have his super powered glove. He probably couldn't have done that. You know.
0: Um, I lied. That wasn't the last highlight. Um, highlight
1: you lying. I have a theory about that. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. For <laughs> um,
1: listener, she is scribbling a highlighter across her face. She looks uh, like a maniac. It is incredible.
0: Um, that there was fear in letting go
1: theory if we see coop again like regular coop right giving a thumbs up and he's talking like regular coop which i do think we saw for a little bit right didn't we see him like real coop when he was in that place where nido was
0: oh do you think that was real coop
1: it seemed like real coop yeah just for a little bit right he was there and then, then when he came back to the real world he was in dougie's body you know right um but i think Either A, we will never see him or B, we will see him. And David Lynch is saying, you will never see him again. And I think it's like the fear of letting go is like, we oh. got to let go. You know, we were talking about that.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: I think it's like, we, the fans have to let go of the show. Like, Hey, we came back and like David Lynch is like, I gave you all I got. Like, what more do you want me to say? I, I'm saying it. You just don't like that. Those numbers, like you're asking who Judy is. I literally told you, this is Judy. They came out. You want to? What's one of the biggest mysteries is who Judy is. David Lynch is like, no, I told you. There's Judy. She's those numbers. What more do you want from me? I'm done. There's fear in letting go, you know. But let go. We talked about the, just to do another Matrix comparison. It's like I feel like in a way, without giving things away, but Lana Wachowski is like, this is my movie. So maybe you just say thank you and we're done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean. Not to give anything away about the movie, but it kind of feels like, hey, I made a movie for you, and now maybe I should make other things. Is that okay? (laughs) Is that too much to ask? (laughs) Also, buy more Jupiter Ascending (laughs) (laughs) Blu-rays. Which, by the way, I I know I made that joke because not a lot of people liked it, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. So, Also, Cloud Atlas. Oh, no?
0: Oh, I've never seen it. I've never seen Cloud Atlas either.
1: Not to be like, oh my God, but Cloud Atlas (laughs) is to me a legitimate masterpiece and also falls in love of fi- falls in line with that same team y'all mentality of like you think you're different and you think you're different you think but really we're not that different in fact we're literally the same person have you seen sense eight on netflix
0: no i haven't
1: i'm holding my for listeners i'm clutching my heart as if it's a <laughs> it's a young fragile dove Sense8 is so that's the TV show on Netflix and by Jantjeski yeah. and it is so it is it's the same team y'all show of the year where it's oh. we're we're around the planet and we think that we're separate people but we are all the same person and when you love I feel the love and when you hate I feel the hate and it's okay it's so good I'm I'm feeling it right now
0: I know I feel like you're on the verge of tears I am
1: I'm an emotional man the Sense8 is <laughs> is a very special show. Also, um, three actors from Sense Eight are in Matrix Resurrection. Oh, really? So, yeah, <laughs> three of them. So, okay, those are all my mysteries. All right, I highlighted
0: something, but I feel like I might have just highlighted it for fun. I don't know. It was if you your, told me no, that it was it was your
1: face because remember I said I had a theory about your lie. You highlighted. Oh,
0: I also highlighted. <laughs> I also highlighted Audrey screaming at Charlie.
1: Oh, I did. You're right. You're right. Um, Once again, I think somehow Charlie knows or he's involved with writing the show. Mm. And I would be really interested, and maybe I'm wrong, but it'd be really kind of cool if the actor who plays Charlie was also like a co-writer or somehow like a co-producer and Guy Dudman, or if anyone, you want to do some research, it'd be real cool (laughs) if he was an writer. And then like, it'd be really cool if Charlie was played, like if he was Mark Frost. Right. (laughs) Because I think Charlie knows it's a show or something. And Audrey's somehow figuring out that like, she, she feels like she's two people and she's mad at him because the characters in the show are they're at the whim of the creators, right? You know, yeah, sure. I've made this joke before, but if I write some Game of Thrones fan fiction, I could do whatever I want to Jamie Lannister. You know, I can make him eat a bunch of dirt. And he'd be like, why are you doing this to me? And I'd be like, I made you say, why are you doing this to me? Eat More dirt. And he'd be like, I ate more dirt. I'm like, that's right. I, You like the dirt. I like the dirt. You know, like you could do whatever you want. I think that's why she's mad at him. Also, I think the Audrey and Charlie scenes are trying to tell us something too about the relationship between men and women. And it's mm-hmm. very interesting. I'm sleepy. Audrey, but Audrey. <laughs> I'm sleepy.
0: Um, those are all of our mysteries unless you have any others.
1: No other and mysteries, man. No other mysteries.
0: Do you have a quotable quotation for this
1: episode? i'm pulling a david lynch where it's just me singing for 30 minutes <laughs> i mean that would be david lynch's podcast right like it's like can you imagine you're like oh david lynch has a podcast and it's just like it's just him like eating a jar of mayonnaise or something um Thank you very much to Leo Wright. That was Leo Wright on the jazz flute, 1961. Also, we have an update to the comments.
0: Uh oh.
1: Two weeks ago, Paula replied, uh, That flute is singing, two exclamation marks. So thank you, Paula, for commenting.
0: People are still discovering (laughs) this video. That's great. I
1: love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I do have a quote, I have it on my phone Um, while I'm bringing mine up. Do you have yours ready? So- sure. Uh,
0: mine is uh, from my favorite scene of this episode, which is when um, Big Ed uh, goes to profess his love to Norma and she tells him that actually Walter's here. So he goes and he sits at the counter and Shelly asks him if she can get him anything. And he says, cup of coffee and a cyanide tablet." <laughs> And I just, I really, I really relate to that. <laughs> that energy he's putting out there. Like, I feel like these past couple of years have been really difficult, and I'm like reaching the end of my rope. And I just want a coffee and a nap. And. <laughs> And poor ed i like how you were like i was worried he's gonna kill himself i was like well of course you were he literally asks for a cyanide tablet <laughs> well i had a
1: moment because big ed was he in the military
0: um
1: i know from the secret history a canonically
0: of them, if we uh follow the secret history then yes he fought in the vietnam war
1: I was gonna say, I, and I'm not a military man So maybe this is out of line Or incorrect, but I was like My first thought when he said that, I was like, maybe he has one Like, I don't know if he, ha- you know I don't know if Cyanide, like, expires But, like, did he get one, like, in case he was, like Captured, or I don't yeah, know how, You like, know, did like, they, maybe he Do
0: they actually issue them, or is that something from movies?
1: It could be something from movies Or maybe, like, just
0: my, I should ask my dad My dad was a, is a military man Oh yeah, ask him.
1: Um, yeah, ask fine. guy. Um, ask your guy dadman. <laughs> um, and I think too is I think um what Big Ed was doing in that booth is I think he was feeling his feelings. Like I think he was sitting in that sadness. You know. um yeah. I don't He know. was
0: disappointed that there was no applesauce.
1: <laughs> Freya, it's okay to be sad. Well, because I always tell Freya like it's okay to feel sad. It's okay. But like, we don't want to like, like if you're really hurting, you can feel better in other ways or yeah. also just cause you're hurting. Also, this is a thing too, with in right? little kids, if you're feeling bad, you don't have to be mad at everyone else. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to hurt other people cause you're feeling bad, you know? Cause yes. you know. Uh, I Mike, really,
0: oh. I really, I just want to put out there that I really appreciate your parenting style. <laughs> And like, I, I am in a position to observe families on a regular basis and not everyone is having thoughtful conversations with their children. And so I just want to just wanna put out there, man, you're doing a great job and I'm sure it's really hard sometimes, but I think you and Amanda are doing it right. And so I appreciate I, you guys. <laughs> I
1: really appreciate that. I don't know. It's tough. Cause you always have a thing where it's like, I don't know how much of this is getting through or also at the end of day she is her own person so she may be like yeah, yeah dad all the stuff you said was bs you know yeah. it's all about it's all <laughs> being cutthroat man you know who knows but i mean i i try you know and every once in a so i think I, I i have a moment where i'm like oh yeah i did it because she'll say something or, or a moment where i'm always really proud is and not to hey no parent shaming so maybe it was like she had a really bad day but amanda and i went to see um spider-man um no way home very good movie i enjoyed it um and at the end a mom and her two kids left and um they left all their garbage behind like you know which yeah. is fine because someone comes by and someone does that's their job i get it but you also do walk by a garbage can right you yeah. know so it's just two different things and amanda was like amanda was real upset she was like no and she went and picked the garbage and threw it away and she was talking to like the the um the usher guy who was coming in the cleanup he was like man he's like it happens every day. you <laughs> know. He's like, he didn't really care. <laughs> but like, like I'm always really proud. Like if Amanda or Frey and I go to the playground and she sees garbage, so pick it up and put it in the garbage can. So we're like, oh, I found garbage. I'm like, good job. Because I, not to be like that guy, but I do it too. Like if I'm walking, if I get out of the car and I'm walking to, let's say, Wawa's from the gas station, chances are I'm going to walk by garbage. And you're not going to believe this. Chances are I'm going to walk by a garbage can. So I'm not even going out of my way to pick up the garbage. Not that everyone should, but I'm just saying that's the thing I do. Anyway thank you here's my quote
0: yeah go ahead sir
1: (laughs) my uh quote comes from our um the most uh romantic person on the entire show um chantel it is um (laughs) where did it go oh yep one down one to go yeah french fries and ketchup (laughs) (laughs) oh buddy she was so excited about getting uh, some. Wet. She
0: just like killed two people in cold blood. She's just like, Yeah, French fries. Yeah,
1: French fries
0: and ketchup.
1: Like <laughs> and also here's the deal: the wisdom of Chantel. It's a small things in life, too. Like, I mean, how many times do I eat ketchup? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's ketchup. I barely even noticed it. I'm looking at something yeah. but Chantel, she knows she likes ketchup and she's excited about that ketchup with her yes. beautiful partner. She's
0: actually she's quite mindful, actually.
1: She knows she likes
0: Cheetos, so. And and torturing people.
1: Well, I was gonna say <laughs> that line that Booper says that makes us want to throw up, and she's always something. <laughs> look, look
0: <at>
1: you. <laughs> oh, that scene was. <sighs> uh.
0: Anyway, who's your MVP for this episode? <laughs>
1: My MVP for this episode is, um, that's actually a good question. I think my MVP, it, it's close to being a tie between, here, wait, no, no, I'm not going to do a tie. Let me just decide. Give me one second. I think it might be Booper. I liked Booper in this episode. Okay. <laughs> my... yep. Oh, go ahead no i was just gonna say i just really like that whole scene when we went to the room and i don't know I, richard's not a great guy so it was nice to see someone beat him up so yeah Good
0: that's true Richard. that's true he went on a real journey in this episode yeah, yeah. um my mvp is norma um I Why, did
1: that- did they do something special in this episode <laughs>
0: Well, I like that she decides to prioritize her Twin Peaks family mm. over the potential riches that she sh- she could gain from investing in all of these franchises. She decides to let it all go and focus on her her family there in Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, which, Um, includes Big Ed and now they can finally be together after all of this time and that made me really happy and so I really uh I give it up to Norma because that was a big choice to make you know she's lived this long without Big Ed and she's doing fine for herself so um but I think she knows that she'll be truly happy as his wife and so she she lets that go so that she can just stay in twin peaks with big ed and there's something really sweet about that
1: it's interesting because because it was i i left the original series thinking that they were together right like you're right like it was yeah. kind of up in the air and i figured he was like well I'm this far let me end up with her and he didn't and so once like David Lynch plays with our and Mark Frost plays with our expect our expectations right to be like oh they're because you think they're together and then Big is like no nah, there's nothing here brother that's ancient history and then you're like oh but then we got it right
0: right so right.
1: so maybe because he's doing the same thing with Cooper right like oh is Cooper back no he isn't no he isn't so maybe when Cooper comes back it's going to be like because it's only going to be let's say Cooper comes back the next episode what do we got three or four right
0: we have
1: four three we
0: have three more episodes yeah so
1: even assuming he comes back immediately like the show starts and he's like i'm back like he looks into the camera and he's like did you miss me you thought i was gonna stay duper forever but now i'm back we still only have three episodes with him (laughs) and so they would have to be the cooperist cooper things of all time but maybe it'll happen and it it, completely different situation but the same thing kind of happened with minor spoilers for last jedi with luke skywalker where you you're constantly as as viewers we're like when when is he gonna be like luke and he's like luke is sad and luke is negative and luke is it? which actually i love it but then it's like by the end i feel like you get the luke moment like oh he did the luke thing you know he's a master you look at your face i think so anyway you know
0: I, i go back and forth Not that this is the the the,
1: talk about it. Not that
0: this is the Star Wars cast, but I mean, in a way, it's very similar, actually, to Twin Peaks: The Return because it's another, it's again, it's another IP that they brought back after twenty something years, and it subverted your expectations of what you thought you were going to experience, which I
1: enjoy. I I like Um, that, you
0: know. Well, specifically to Luke Skywalker, I think when I when I first experienced Last Jedi, I was like, yeah. That is what would happen to him after all that time. And after all that failure, he would internalize that and he would kind of go to that dark place and become that negative person. And, and, but then he would kind of pull it out and be the hero at the end, because that's who he is. He's Luke Skywalker. He's a hero. But (laughs) I will say, I kind of go back and forth on it because (laughs) I recently like rewatched the original trilogy and I was like wait a second <laughs> like Luke's whole thing is about like believing in the redemption of Anakin of his father who is like the most evil dude in the universe and he's like no there's still light in him I'm gonna turn my father he's gonna be my dad again we're gonna be a happy family I believe in him he's not the Stark person I believe in him and but <laughs> Last, last Jedi he's like no Kylo Ren pff, don't even bother with him like yeah and I'm like oh that's your nephew like oh like you believe that Darth Vader could be turned but Kylo Ren pff, forget about it
1: <laughs> it's I mean that is interesting because you're absolutely right but because
0: he was right Ky- because Darth Vader did redeem him like Anakin did redeem himself and and,
1: and Kylo did too
0: well, yeah, but Luke wasn't even around to see that, or was? Yeah. And I guess he, you know, he's In one with way, the force.
1: But he's yeah. one with the
0: force now, so yeah, I guess he did get to. Win. I don't
1: know. I, I think though, I think the important distinction is, and yeah. I, I completely get it, but I mean, yeah, I
0: think, totally turn me around on it. I'd love no, to. <laughs> no, there's no
1: turning around. I'm, hey, it's not my job. You feel the way. Be sad about the applesauce. It's fine, but I'm just saying. To me, the, the difference is, is that it wasn't that luke he didn't try to kill kylo right he went in there and cuz i just recently rewatched the um the sequel trilogy and he says when he he fesses up he goes okay so here's the truth ray he goes for a second remember he says for a second i turned my lightsaber on and then i decided not to like he was <laughs> like for a, a fleeting second now i would argue like i i agree that he he did decide not to kill his dad right but he had his lightsaber out for more than a second against his dad, even after he knew it was his dad, right? Yeah. You're crossing light beams. And don't get me wrong, like he decided not to kill his dad. I would argue he also decided not to kill his nephew, right? He didn't try to, he held it. And he was caught in a second of indecision. You know, I don't think it's the same thing. I don't think he was like, and also I think that Kylo and Ray are both vastly more powerful than I would well, maybe not Luke. Well, I was I think definitely Kylo just his raw power. I know. Come I know. at me, bro. At me, bro. <laughs>
0: this makes me this makes me laugh because um I'm one of my favorite, one of my hobbies is um waiting until my husband wakes up, like the moment that he wakes up and mm-hmm. asking him like a very thought-provoking question, <laughs> like uh-huh. as soon as he wakes up. And the other day he woke up, he turned around, he sleepily opened his eyes, and I said do you think that Luke Skywalker is the greatest Jedi that ever lived? <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, do you think it's Yoda? And he said, no. And I said, well, who do you think it is? Do you think it's the the dyad of Rey and Kylo? He's like, no. I said, who do you think it is? And he's like, I think it's probably someone we never even heard of was the best Jedi of it. I said, but they didn't make movies about them. So I don't know why you think that <laughs> it's
1: it's in the fan fiction i'm writing i'm writing the best it's actually called the story of the jedi that's better than luke and ray and darth vader combined the story i gotta tell you this is a good this is a positive brett episode oh actually we weren't we weren't recording when you told me all brett's thoughts about the matrix but brett is a very he's a very um brett is a very intelligent and uniquely has a unique perspective of the world that I very much appreciate, you know? And sometimes I think he, he, um, has an opinion of a a movie or a thing or a thing in the world that isn't the same I have, but I always see that I'm like, oh, I see where you're coming from. Of course, you know? And that's, I, he's you know what? He's a keeper. He's a good guy. Um, Anyway, that's why that's how I think about it with Kylo and Luke anyway. Like, he didn't, it wasn't like he plunged it down. Like, in the one flashback, it looks like he's about to, because that's the Kylo Ren flashback. I
0: think, well, I think it's, like, more, like, him trying to convince Rey that, like, there's no, like, she's, because, like, in The Last Jedi, she's very invested in this idea of, like, yeah. I can tell that he's conflicted, and if I could just turn him, then he'll join the Resistance, mm-hmm. and everything will be okay. And Luke is like, do not bother and i'm like why is Liz oh that? i
1: see yeah yeah like
0: well like okay of- so
1: that so that's a different that's a different thing um yeah so this is okay once again not changing any opinions but this is the way i look at it um th- so the first thing is the oh i need to kill him for a split second and then decided not to and yeah. so the second thing is oh i can't redeem him kylo literally killed his students <laughs> And burned his school to the ground, and those students wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Luke. Like, think of it that way. Like, by I,
0: the way, yeah. can we can we briefly discuss that? If
1: that shirtless if. scene, of course, he looked good. <laughs> I think he looked good, man. No, Guys, no, no, no. by the way, no, body I, shaming goes both ways. Let's not body shame this man. So, you know? if
0: Grogu... If Grogu, so at the the end of the Mandalorian season two, I I know
1: exactly what you're about to say. Spoilers
0: (laughs) for the Mandalorian season two, but at the end, Luke Skywalker comes and he collects Grogu to train him in the Jedi ways. If Grogu was at that school, does that mean that Kylo Ren killed Grogu? Or does that mean that in one of those Knights of Ren suits, there's a little Grogu?
1: So my very first thought was because by the way that's a great scene where Luke shows up right and and that's another oh, so scene of good. that's another scene of Luke being Luke like that's yeah. Luke we all want to see it's great and he's like and he's very like um, distant right because he made me think of the I'm, I'm rereading the Lord of the Rings and it makes me think of the elves like they're they're on another level right like they're not a good yeah. or bad but it's like yeah. I'm talking to them and they are like they're looking at a tree.
0: Luke, like black outfit, Luke yes. from Return of the Jedi. It's the Luke right from it, my fan fiction. On a you know? whole other level. Yeah,
1: it's great. and he's doing the thing, and he's doing the thing, and he seems very like, who is this guy? He's, you know, that's the Jedi. Um, so yeah. my first thought was like, oh yeah, Groku's <laughs> But I mean, it could always be, and this isn't. Or, I don't,
0: or maybe something got happened. Away. Yeah, yeah, maybe something happened. Maybe it was like
1: Groku's at school. He's doing a great thing, and then he's like um you know i got a note from my my adopted dad and he's gonna take me i'm gonna go with my dad on a space adventure we're
0: going to mandalore and and luke's like
1: luke's like yeah we're going to mandalore it looks like but you're gonna miss the um you're going to miss the the karate demonstration. He's like, well, I got to miss it. I guess it's fine. Okay, no problem. And then while well, he's gone, you know, it all happens. All
0: this happens. But anyway,
1: that's, I mean, I agree. Like, it's hard because he said, no matter what, like my dad, I know you killed all the Ewoks and you killed all those people and you killed that guy and you killed that guy. And remember that guy you killed? Yeah, you killed that guy. Remember Padme? You pretty much killed her too. Remember you killed that guy? And then he's like, but I can save you. But that there's, there's a difference between like, I know that, like, I know, I don't know. I was gonna, not Hitler, but I know this person's bad. I know this terrorist or something killed a bunch of people. He didn't kill anyone I know, right? You know? So it's like, it's not to be like that's changes, but it's different than like this person came and killed all my friends or killed people I'm in charge of or people. Well, I
0: mean, Brett, <laughs> Brett. He's...
1: No, that's okay. That's...
0: No, he says to me, he was like, you know, um, Hitler just wanted to be an artist. If someone had told him that his art was good, maybe he wouldn't have killed six million people. Well,
1: well all joking aside, I mean, like that's hard, but I mean, we don't know the repercussions, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Or maybe if someone said your art was good, he would still find like another way to be. Yeah, you that's know? true. Or if it wasn't him, maybe it would be someone else. You
0: know, it's as, as Chirret Imwe would say, uh, uh, it all is as the Force wills it.
1: Yeah. So. Or also in um, was it Loki? I get all my shows mixed up. Aren't? It, what's the um? Oh, did you watch the um the What If? Show?
0: Yeah, I did. Catch? Did up. you?
1: Did you catch up? Yeah. So one of my favorite ones is the one with Doctor Strange. What if Doctor Strange's heart gets broken? And by the way, have you? Oh, have you seen um, uh, No Way Home?
0: No, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I've heard that it ties into that what if episode.
1: <laughs> anyway, because then they, they talk about, um, what, what do they say? Unchangeable events. Like it's this, his, you know, girlfriend or whatever dying. It, it, you, it has to happen no matter what. So maybe like, it's sad, the Hitler thing. Anyway, we go in on a whole thing. How many fish in a percolator would you give this episode to us? <laughs> I By the way, I love talking with you because- not everyone will go on that ride with me. Like, just like, <laughs> let's ponder the existence of a multiverse and how does it affect the <laughs> Holocaust, you know? Um, and also like, let's, oh, I was going to say when you asked Brett who the best Jedi is, like my first instinct is how do we measure best, right? Uh-oh. Power, Um, high, uh, how they adhere to the ideals, how they adhere to their moral ideals despite the code. Like there's different ways of doing that, you know? So wow.
0: also yeah. the answers.
1: The answer's Ray. Right. So anyway, no joking, I'm joking. I don't know who I think the best one is. I think my favorite, Who? real quick, I know, I know. Who's one of your favorite Star Wars characters of all time? Like, it doesn't have to be the favorite, but like, if you're like, oh, this is a person I'm always happy to see on the screen.
0: Well, honestly, I would say one of my favorite Star Wars characters is Luke because yeah. I loved that embodiment of hope yeah. that, that he um exhibited just like that that kind of like everyone is telling you that this that this guy that this isn't right this can't be you should just give up like this person's the enemy like and he's just like no I have hope that that this is gonna turn around and you know he's gonna turn around and I'm gonna you know like and and just that like this this poor kid who grew up on this farm and he he hated it and then he comes to find out that magic is real and he gets and he can do it and then like father figure after father figure disappears literally disappears from his life you know he has obi-wan and then yoda and then um, and then his actual father turns out to be the most evil dude in the galaxy. And even then he's like, you know what? I hope I have hope that it's all just going to turn around and be okay. And I really like, I really, that really resonates with me. I love that about him.
1: You know what? That's so interesting because um, you're right. It's great. He said, no matter what, I see something good. You bring up something great though, about his losing a father figures. Cause I wonder not to take away anything from Luke, but the, the assumption could be is like, I know there's good in you because I have faith in even the worst person can be good. But maybe it's just like, not to take away from Luke, maybe it's like, I know there's good in you because I've lost all my other dads. So dear God, I hope my last one is because <laughs> not to be that guy, but I mean, I'm, uh, it's not the same. Uh, my dad is fine. Uh, he's okay. Not great uh and is there a part of me that's like oh today he'll be like my dad mm-hmm. oh guess what he's not
0: no. he's yeah. still ju-
1: he's whoever yeah. he is right not and so today, I wonder how much yeah. of that's not like a faith in even the worst person on earth could be good or the worst you person know that what? Is, yeah. now
0: that now that we're talking about it I feel yeah. like maybe like my uh like my enamorment of Luke is really just like a wish fulfillment thing. Like the fact that he got to have that moment with his father and turn it around where so many of us have imperfect parents that we wish were different. And we wish that we could have that moment in which they admit that they were wrong and, and, and that, you know, they always loved you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, I was just thinking just now. I was like, I'm sure even when I get older, Freya's gonna you know, like, I wish my dad was different. But what's funny is you said those things, and I'm already telling her, Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I tell her all the time, because, and it's funny because, like I said, we try to you you're know,
0: already like, a step ahead there. Yeah, you know? I want
1: to raise Freya to be strong. So if someone does something that she doesn't agree with, that she's like, No, that's wrong. I'm calling the cops. You know what I mean? Because I know when I was her age or even much older, you know, people would just walk over me, do whatever they want with me, you know? And I want her to be like, no. So I'm constantly telling her, like, but why do we think that way? <laughs> you know, like, She'll watch a commercial she'll be like, I want that. I'd be like, do you? Or did the commercial just make you want that? Oh no, I really want that. I was like, what would you do with that? I'll do those things. I'm like, you don't, we don't live near a mountain or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, and she's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. And like, if I do something wrong, I'm like you're right. I lost, and I've said this, I've lost my temper and that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. You know? Um, and I'm always telling her how much I love her. So maybe she, Aww. maybe she won't hate me when she's yeah. older. We'll Who's see. Who's
0: one of your favorite Star Wars characters?
1: What am I, I was going to say, cause I just recently rewatched the sequel trilogy And I don't know if it's a cliche or not, but I really, I really love Ray. I really do. And I know a bit of it probably is that I'm raising a daughter that I'm hoping can like, you know, change the world and all that. But like when I see her, and especially Ray, I don't want to say especially Ray in in the first and in Force Awakens, but it is like all the scenes where it's like, because it's like once you start looking around and you see like once you start watching for not to be like this guy, but instances of like. Why is it? Why is it just the strong white guy who saved her? Why couldn't it be that? And when you have scenes where, like, there's a scene where two guys are getting her, and Finn's like, "I better save her because I'm a boy," and then he's like, "Oh, she doesn't need help. Oh, s she's after me." Like, I love that. <laughs> like, I, and they're constantly like, they're always like, "Oh, we need to save her. Oh, actually, she escaped. Oh, we need to do that. Oh, she's fine." You know, and I, I, I love that, and I think she's just a, 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 a cool character. I think she has a lot on her shoulders, and I, I like too. That even though, uh, and I never even thought of it this way because I actually really like Rise of Skywalker and someone had said, minor spoiler for Rise of Skywalker, that one of their complaints was that it seemed that the power just was from her. And Mm -hmm. then when you realize her lineage, it seems that the power is from another person, particularly a man, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I had never thought of it that way, but I I can't see that criticism. But I mean, that's just, it's like, despite that, like despite of where you came from, you can choose to be something different, right? Like if she saw that vision of herself as an evil, you know, and I love too, I love just her like power, like she, her raw power, like here's well, Luke and, and Luke love- is like MF for you jumped right in. She's like, yeah, there were answers down there. And he's like, no man, you're not supposed to. She's like, oh yeah, I went right down there because I want to find my parents. He's like, but you're not supposed to. And she's like, I did it, you know? And I yeah. love that. Like,
0: I also, what I love about Ray too is that she's kind of in this like, um, this constant state of discovery yes and I love because I kind of I feel like that like I'm always learning something about the world and about people around me and about but also about like what I'm capable of and um, I think that like I can see that when I watch Ray of like oh wow I have this power Oh wow, I can do that. Oh, well, I can't do that, but I could do this, you know. Like, and I love that watching her journey of like, oh, I could tell that guy to do something and he'll do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it's, like, oh, but this thing that I have is not just making rocks move. It's actually something else, you know, and like that kind of that constant like discovery of well, like and even what in is the third the one. She's like,
1: now I can heal things, you know, like it's so, and I like that. Like I know, like it could be easy to be like, wait those powers were never in the original but i mean it's the force man you know what i mean like i i don't know like i i think that's
0: i mean she had those ancient jedi texts that yeah, she was reading you know from. like
1: i don't know and it's interesting too because similar to luke in a way it's like i like that idea of like there's these expectations right you know like luke started the school and who knows how many were rules he made up and how many were rules he who were following in the jedis but we know that the jedi order at their peak still you know they weren't infallible Imperfect. you know what i mean yeah, yeah of course and ray certainly isn't perfect i know i had a friend who did not like any of those movies cuz he said he didn't like how perfect ray is and i would argue she isn't she's powerful but i don't think she's perfect i think she makes mistakes certainly you know um and I don't know I, blew up, I
0: blew up that transport she thought she was that okay.
1: scene I still I would I watch that and I was like oh no and then I was like oh that's right okay we're fine but like and once again that raw power. like I do feel like the new sequels kind of have like a Highlander thing going on like are they so powerful because there's so few but then there were also not a lot <laughs> earlier so who knows we don't have to worry about it. but like like she rips that tri- you know what i mean they're tug of warring this big old thing yeah. where like you know luke had struggled Well, like and i also
0: them. that's the other thing is i really love about ray is that um similar to you know neo and trinity i know him yeah there's kind of like this dyad with yes. the force of ray and her kind of dark counterpart of ben you know yeah. oh, man yeah. such it's such-
1: well, any, you know me, anytime we have two characters that are very strong, and I know this is a personal bias, and if there's any, any men or women who are offended by this, that's fine, and it tips towards the women, I'm like, of course, and a lot of this is, a lot of our opinions and our worldviews shaped by our environment, and I'm just surrounded by strong women, you know, I'm surrounded by Amanda, I'm surrounded by my daughter, my mom, my sister, and I'm constantly surrounded, sorry boys, with failures <laughs> as father figures, you know, or at least the the one big one, my dad, you know, and you know, maybe you're trying fine. We all have our enemies, whatever, and our issues, uh, and and also a lot of uh, just a lot of guys that let me down. Let's put it that way, you know. And not to say like women are perfect; we're all humans. But I mean, a lot of times things that would a guy has to like uh, puff up his chest and let me put that armor on. Nah, what do you you call my you call my watch cute? what do you, you know, because I'm, I'm like, that's a cute watch, you know, F it, who cares, you know what I mean, I don't care, and they're like, oh my god, you know, and I'm like, what are you gonna do, you know, I'm your, technically I'm one of your managers, so deal with it, you got a cute watch, you know, <laughs> deal with it, you know, what do you want to say, it's real nice, but anyway, all that to say is like, I know I'm going on a little tangent about men and women, but I mean, I don't know, just, it's, and like I said, I'm sh- shaped by my environment. And I'm just surrounded by powerful women. Also, Ray constantly does that like Wonder Woman thing, where it's like, oh, stay like in the Gal Gadot ones, where they're like, oh, stay back. Well, oh, she already went. You know, stay back. Oh no, no, I'm gone. Like even in um, right, the Skywalker, they're like, oh, we gotta wait till the storm passes. She's like, no, I'm good. I'm going. I'm going over the storm. You know, so, oh, how, many
0: so how, many, per- how many fish in a percolator would you give this
1: episode? So I would probably give this episode three fish. Um,
0: Do not want to play? pete talking
1: oh i'm so sorry it's been so (laughs) long we were talking about i always look forward
0: i look forward to pete (laughs) maybe one
1: day well we all do where is he
0: fellas don't drink that
1: coffee hey you'd never guess there was a fish
0: in the percolator Mm -hmm. sorry
1: (laughs) thank you um real quick when we're like done with twin peaks because we know it will end eventually should we do like a like i don't know some philosophy cast or something like we have something going on that's really unique i don't know what it is there's something there words don't exist (laughs) i feel
0: like same team y'all was yeah that is what it is where we went off we are gonna gonna pick that up when we're finished with this
1: we are i think i think when we're done this maybe we'll continue taking a little break if that's okay with you and then pick up same team again, if that's Sounds okay. Good. Yeah. Um, I give this episode three fish, or I would give it three fish because I thought it was fine. I thought it moved some things. Um, uh, I think my favorite parts were um, giant teapot Jeffries and that amazing scene in the woods with two humans losing their ass and the trees are like, man, I'm just making air. Just, I don't know what you're worried about, man. I've seen I've seen like people come and go. Don't worry about it. Um, so I give it uh, four fish because of that scene
0: oh nice i i would give it i would stick with the three fish
1: yeah (laughs) just three fish for you do you want another fish you hungry okay uh and friends that was it man
0: that was that was a lot we appreciate you hanging in there thanks so much for listening to our podcast we might have some new listeners because i posted something on twitter and it went it, it, it got like a hundred reactions. So if we have any new listeners from that, thank you for listening. Yeah. If <laughs> and have to any. all of our legacy listeners, thank you for listening.
1: <laughs> yeah. And thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, feel free to rate and review us on a thing that exists in a digital space. Um, give us some stars that, that look nice and say some words that make people feel good. Um, we've also, um, <laughs> if you are new, um, a fun thing to keep in mind is that our entire show covers all of Twin Peaks. So if you want, you can always watch the show with us because we did an episode per every episode of Twin Peaks. So feel free to catch up on the old ones or, or not. We just want you to be happy. And if you have applesauce, it's okay to be, or if you don't have applesauce, it's okay to be sad. So, and, uh, what was your name again? What was her name again? What was it?
0: It's Ray Skywalker.
1: Well, you know what? F (laughs) you. F F you Ray.